We're in our series now, our, our, our church series, and Pastor Ralph uh, started us off uh, talking more from the Bible the theology perspective of uh, God's plan for the church, and then last week we started moving into uh, God's plan for grace and peace, and so we started talking last week about some fundamentals that we are built on, some foundations that we are built on, and certainly these are biblical, uh, much of what we're looking at here is still God's plan for the church, but we've been trying to talk specifically about uh, how do these things work to the personality and the DNA that God has called us at Grace and Peace, you know, how, how has, has he shaped us? And, and, you know, when we talk about, you know, foundations, remember that foundations are important if you're brand new in the Lord. Man, the, the Bible tells us we got to have a strong foundation. We have to build on the rock that is Jesus Christ. We have to stand on his word. And then how many know if we've been in the Lord for a while, man, we have to constantly go back and look at what is most important, what's priority, what is foundation. How many know that to be true? Can you say amen? amen. Why, why is that the case? Because there is resistance Every step that we take in life that resists us walking after the things that God wants us to walk after. I mean, we have an enemy of our soul, we have a flesh that we have to crucify each day, and we have a fallen world system that we live in, and that just exerts pressure against us. And so it's important for us to regularly be evaluating, to be uh, governing our lives by what God says is absolutely most important. And so that's what we looked at last week and this week as it relates to us as a church. And, and, you know, when we talk about our church, there is a corporate sense in everything that we're talking about, but then there's an individual sense. There's what we do corporately together uh, to grow the kingdom of God, but then there are all the unique individual spheres of influence that God has called you to uh, that, that we want to walk these things out in those areas as well. So foundation one last week we looked at, we said we are committed to the three greats that we see in scripture. So that is uh, the great commandment or great commandments because Jesus gave two when he was asked what is the greatest commandment to love God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, the second uh, great is the great commission for us to uh, preach the gospel and make disciples in all the nations. And then the great compassion that we are to be filled with and we are to serve the world around us in the compassion of Christ. And so we said that first of all, we're committed to those things. And then out of those three biblical calls, uh, pour out God's specific purpose for his church. And we said that that's really a fivefold purpose for his body, for his church. And we said first was worship. And I just have to say, praise God, it is a new season. And uh, how beautiful this Sunday morning, uh, there, there, was, there was an increase, uh, even from last Sunday, and hearts are hungry, and, and I see the congregation responding, saying, oh, th this is my house, and I'm setting the temperature. Hey, praise God, you showed up today, you set a temperature with a hungry heart, worshiping, enthroning, ministering to him, and then God inhabits the praises of his people. How beautiful, right? And, uh, and we'll just keep moving forward in that. So uh, the, it, there's worship, discipleship, fellowship, 
evangelism and service. And we spoke about all those things last week. And again, we, we acknowledge that those things flow out of those, those three great commitments. Now, today, I want to look at two more foundations. And then we're going we're gonna to take communion together. Uh, and I believe there's going to be some significant things that God's going to do uh, during communion time in our hearts. But these, these next two foundations I want to look at is our biblical values and the pillars that make an inspiring culture here at our church. And again, some of our leaders are very, very familiar with these things. Some of us in the congregation might be kind of hearing them a little bit on the newer side. Uh, but wherever we're at in the process, I, I really want you to listen with both ears of how do I walk this out here in our church and help set that temperature. Uh, and then realize that these are things that can transform and revolutionize your home, your marriage, your workplace, your friendship circles, wherever you would want to apply these things, okay? So, so as we talk, uh, foundation number three, continuing from last week, let's move in. Our values guide our steps. So again, this is our third foundation, right? We are driven by purpose. We, we live uh, and respond to those great commitments. And now we acknowledge our values guide our steps. You know, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, uh, there's resistance in the world around us. And, you know, during this last two and a half plus years now, uh, where, where life has just kind of thrown storm after storm and pressure cooker after pressure cooker, uh, I was reacquainted with the truth. The time to figure out your values is not when you're in the middle of the storm. You want to have them nailed down and, and secure in your life when the storm hits. Because when the storm is hitting, uh, we're, we're getting knocked off balance. You know, it's disorienting. You know, uh, think about Jesus calming the storm with the disciples on the boat. Your equilibrium is off. You don't know which way is up. You don't feel sure-footed unless you have your foundations and your values in place. And so I want to talk now just about eight different values, and men, we could preach a message on every one, and, and these are a part of our church culture that we, you know, we, we address, but I want to just focus in and lay these out for us, uh, eight key values for us in this house that I invite you to embrace as personal values as well. Amen? All right, so number one, we value Jesus. You might say, well, thank you, Captain Obvious. I guess so. We're a, we're a Christian church. and No, but you, you know, do, do you know if, man, we could do church. We could do read the Bible. We could do signed up in a bunch of ministries and our hearts be miles away from the Lord. You know, when we say we value Jesus, the idea is we value him. He is central in our daily lives. You know, we live, uh, we say this often, Christianity, we don't want to let it just simply be religion. That's outward stuff. But the Bible tells us it's relationship. And then out of relationship, everything else clicks into place. And again, you'll see as we look at these values this morning, these flow right back into everything we spoke about last week. But the, the, the exclamation point, the accent we're, we're making right here this morning is, man, when I, when I truly value these things and I choose to live by these values, then it doesn't matter what storm comes down the road. Uh, I'm going to have the right compass and I'm going to have sure footing and church, we're not going to shipwreck. 
no matter what the enemy the world throws our way. So when we say first and foremost we value Jesus in our daily lives, it's relationship with him that feeds and fosters everything else. And then we, we recognize Jesus uh, as, as mattering and as central in our lives. He's Lord over everything. And so we determine, Lord, there's no, there's no room in, in, inside the house of my heart that's closed off to you. Jesus, you have access to everything on the inside. You call the shots. I heard somebody say uh, years back, you know, we have the opportunity because God dwells in us when we become born again. We have the opportunity to be Jesus with skin on. And I thought, oh, that's so cool, you know. It's like he's inside us and we, we carry him and they see him in us. And then I heard somebody kind of piggyback on that and they say, yeah, and we want to be Jesus with skin on. We don't want to put on a God costume every time we do something religious, right? What's the difference? Oh, it's Sunday, better put my Jesus outfit on. You know, oh wait, it's, it's Wednesday, oh, I'm going to small group. You know, that, that's the difference. When we say Jesus is central, we're saying, Lord, have your way, examine, work in, speak to me, look into every area of my life and be Lord over all of it. Amen? In Colossians 1, 16 to 18, it talks about him having supremacy in everything. For in him all things were created, things in heaven. So in him, this is in Jesus. All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things literally hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. How many would say, Lord, have absolute supremacy in everything in my life? Amen? So that's our first value. Our second one is that we value application of Scripture. In other words, that we teach for life change. And it's interesting because the Word of God uh, in several places gives us caution to make sure that we're not just amassing the Word of God, but that we're actually then doing the hard work of saying, now, what does this have to do with me? And then taking that even a step further and saying, and so what am I going to do about it? Come on, can you say amen? You know, so it starts with, you know, you'll, you'll hear as we preach and as we teach Wednesdays, Sundays, you know, uh, the, we, we need revelation. We need to get a, 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 a biblical construct. We need to be able to see our worldview in Christ, how all the pieces fit together. And then out of all of that, that's got to translate into, so how does this ultimately apply to my life? Right? Isn't that what Jesus said when he talked about the builders that built one on the rock and one on the sand? The, the one who built on the rock heard the word and did the word. The one who built on the sand heard the word, but then didn't do anything about it. And so when we say we value application of, of scripture, we don't want to be the ones that turn to the neighbor and say, or, you know, go to the pastor after service and say, my spouse really needed to hear this one today. You know, or uh, I, so-and-so, I hope they were watching because boy, did they need this. You know, instead we want to be just saying, Holy Spirit, what is it that you're speaking to me so that I can make application and walk out the word? In Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is alive and active, 
Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow, the word of God, it's, it is so alive and powerful. And if we give room, if we make that a value, I value, Lord, not only hearing your word, but hearing your voice on how to walk it out and work it out in my life. And James 1.22 just puts a, uh, just a plain, simple, clear, says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Amen, right? Plain and simple. So that's a second value that's a part of our foundation that we, we really want to walk out. Third one is that we value people. That's a great amen spot. Let me coach you there. We value people. <laughs> we value people. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm here to help you. <laughs> people matter to God. And so we have to, have to catch his heart for people, for the world around us. So many of us have probably heard John 3.16. And in, in, in a lot of the translations where I originally memorized it, for God so loved the world. Uh, I, I have it in the New Living here just because it, it, it kind of spells out what, what do we mean by God so loved the world. It means what it's really saying is this is how God loved the world. As a matter of fact, that's what we see John three sixteen. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So we value people because God values people. The good, the bad, and the ugly. While we were in our sin is when he loved us and he died for us. Amen? So we, we want to make sure that we carry God's heart. Second Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness. Now, now the context here is, hey, the Lord hasn't come back yet. You know, and he promised to come back. What's going on? Is it not happening? He's not slack. He says, but he's long-suffering toward us. Why? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord doesn't want one single person to be lost. One single person to be separate from him. So God really, really values people. So we need to catch his heart and really, really value people. And I like to put it this way. We value people, and that means we don't just value people. We value all people. Amen. And because we value all people, we will choose to live to add value to people. Right? Is it making a choice to say, Lord, in whatever way that you want to work through me, Lord, I want to see the God potential that you've placed inside that person that Jesus died for. Right? I've heard it put this way, you know, um, when, when people are talking about uh, people skills and things like that, they'll say, hey, put a 10 on everybody's forehead that you see. You, you know, that means like on a scale of 1 to 10, what's that person? Are they a 1? Are they a 10? You know, the idea is put a 10 on everybody's forehead. You know, and I heard that and I thought, man, that'll preach. That is exactly what God does. He doesn't look and say, hey, because you've behaved this way, you are now excluded from salvation. 
As a matter of fact, he says, because you've behaved this way, I have sent my son for you. And if you respond to him, you'll be born again and your past will be washed away. And then that destiny and that potential that I put inside you, God is saying, then you'll be able to walk out that life, the life I envisioned for you, the one who knit us together in our mother's womb. So, so we want to make sure, and you want to know what, in our flesh, if we're honest, we size people up. You know, and we say 10, 4, 7, 1. You know, and, and so if we want to embrace God's value that people are important to God, we are not going to see anything but Jesus loves that person. He died for that person. And he put his potential on the, on the inside. I wonder what it is. I wonder what God has got planned for that person. In whatever way God wants me to lay my life down and love and serve that person. I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, church, I just read a story, uh, as a matter of fact, is being promoted by uh, Voice of the Martyrs. Uh, for, they, they just put a little film together for a, a young man who uh, got a heart for a region of the world uh, to, to get onto an island and minister to an unreached people group. And he spent, uh, man, just so much time like researching and preparing those in his missions organization and, and all of his friends, they, they, they commented that I don't know in, in our modern lifetime that I ever rubbed shoulders with somebody that, that was this committed and this prepared uh, to go and minister to this people group. But the scary thing in the natural is, you know, they were so, so hostile to outsiders. And so the, the story here, if you can imagine where it's going, I'm talking about a story from Voice of the Martyrs. You know, he literally said, people don't go on this island and come back. But I feel like God has called me to even be willing to lay my life down for these folks. And if it costs me my life, I will show them the love of Jesus. And you want to know what? In his case, it cost him his life. But you know, the word of God tells us that even if somebody lays their life down to the point where their life is forfeit in obedience to Christ and for Christ, that that winds up becoming a seed and that that is something that winds up bearing fruit. What, what hell meant through, having, through, through the murder of this young man, God will turn around to where there will be salvation all over that island. Right, we know that uh, the story of uh, Brother Elliot, missionary in uh, South America, same kind of thing. And his wife went back and, you know, that these people all had, had been saved and, and, and just tremendous work of God happened among them. So, hey, that, that's not the norm. That's the utmost end or extreme. But my whole point is, man, for us to love people, we got a guy who said, though it cost me my life, I'll love them. You know, 99 times out of 100, it's not going to cost us our life. It's going to cost us saying, Lord, I'll put a 10 on their forehead. And I'll just see them the way you see them and see what God does through us. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. How many know in, in the times that we're in right now, so polarized, so divided, we need to grab a hold of that truth in Christ with both hands? Amen? Right? Right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Okay, now along this line, the next one, number four, as we value people, we value unity and diversity. So we're united in Christ, but with wonderful uniqueness. And again, you know, the, the, just like I said, the human tendency can be to size people up. The human tendency can also say, you don't have the same passion points that I do. You don't have the same wiring that I do. 
get with the program. Get on board with me. We don't realize what we're saying is, actually, I'm right and you're wrong. I, I use this in pre-marriage counseling as just a foundation that we keep going back to. The more and more we're up close with people and we see differences in their personalities, we look and we say, get with the program. And what we're saying carnally is, be like me. You, you know, and, and what we got to realize is, no, 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 God has created us, to, created us differently. You know, here in the body of Christ, there'll be those that God has given you just a, a pastoral heart and you just so lean into the body. We got to take care of the body. We got to take care of the body. And then there's others that he's, he's given you an evangelistic heart and it's, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And then if, if we don't handle those gifts and those wirings from God maturely, we say to this one, what's with all the going stuff? You got to turn and look at the body. And then, and then the person who's going saying, look, you're, you're turning inward, you're, you're being a navel gazer, get out and reach the lost, right? And, and what we instead have to do is look and say, wow, the diversity of giftings that God has put so that the body will fully mature. Because you want to know what? If, if I'm more pastorally wired and I'm rubbing shoulders and doing life with somebody who's more evangelistic, praise God, I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to become a little more evangelistic. You know, and if, if they're looking out and saying, oh, man, I forgot about the church. I'm just going after the lost. And they're around me and I'm, I'm more pastoral. Well, they're going to pick up on that. And then we actually pull each other up. We actually grow together. Amen? And then if we don't create an environment where the various gifts are welcome and celebrated, then they'll wind up going out the back door. And then we're, we're all the worse off for that because we're not able to experience the fullness of what God wanted to do. Can you say amen? So uh, look in Psalm 133 verse 1, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. You know, and so the word does tell us, you know, we don't want to compromise the word. We don't want to embrace heresy. You know, we got to stand up. There are some times to say, hey, I, we can't fellowship. You know, you've moved away from the word of God or, or whatever, you know, and, and things like that do come down the road. But by and large, you want to know what, when we look at things, uh, the enemy works so hard to create division over things that don't matter. And, and even if we have differences in doctrine, you know, differences in personality of how God does things. You know, you look at the, the body of Christ. I was just thinking about this, you know, this week we had Thursday night, that, um, that prayer gathering over at Christian Revival Center. I know there's a bunch of you that were over there. And, you know, all the different churches and all the different streams of the body of Christ in the region. How many know God wants to work through every single one of them? You know, there isn't like one that's like, well, we got a real handle on it. The rest of these got to get with the, no, it's, it's every heart that's open. God will work through that stream, that tradition and, and, you know, that background and he'll bear fruit if we all just have hearts that lean toward him. So there's a unity in the spirit and that just makes God smile. And then we look at here at our local church when we walk at in unity in the spirit and makes him smile. And then yet on the flip side, that diversity, 1 Corinthians 12, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And then down to verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Amen. Amen. So, so we want to make sure that we value unity and diversity. And so that's not just diversity of giftings, but that's all kinds of diversity. How many know generational diversity 
is essential in a healthy and growing church. We need kids, we need teenagers, we need young families, we need mature families, we need grandmas and grandpas, right? We need senior saints, uh, saints all around the church, and we are all the better for it, to be able to rub shoulders and do life, and that makes us a more complete church. And then different ethnicities, you know, uh, different backgrounds, you know, all of that works together uh, where God can, uh, God can be glorified in us. Amen. All right, number five, we value service. We value service. And that, the idea there is every member is a ministry. So, you, you know, for me, I was part of a church background where in general, you know, you would show up on service, you would white knuckle the, the pew, and you wouldn't say a word unless you were asked to, you know, and, uh, and then somebody else was doing all the, all the ministry on that Sunday, you know, and that's actually, biblically, there's a much different picture. It says uh, in 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people. We talked about this last week. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So every member is a minister, right? And we talked about first we minister to the Lord. And then as we love people, as we love the world around us, then we let his love pour out to us and we minister to them. And Jesus really made this clear in John 13. It says, when Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So we want to be looking for the opportunity. How can I serve the world around me? Hey, and I want to give like a little secret. When, when God has spoken to us to serve somebody, their attitude on what they receive from our serving really isn't, doesn't matter, isn't our issue. Amen? whether they even recognize they're being served. I mean, let's talk about something as simple as <laughs> Annette and I were out with, with Rachel at a restaurant the other night and, and it was raining and stuff. And, you know, I, I, we, we had noticed people would hold the door. Some people would walk right through the door, not even have the courtesy to say, hey, thanks. You know, not just one person, but a bunch of people. You know, we see, see it all around. And, uh, you, you know, my first thought was, what's up with that? You know, like almost like, I want to go over and tell them, you didn't thank that person. Go thank them. You know, and then, and then I, I remembered, it doesn't really matter what's happening on the receiving end if we're doing it as unto the Lord because he has called us to do it. We're just walking out his assignment for us and we move on. Amen. Hey, I really, again, that, that's another thing that's really great working in our up-close up relationships, even our family relationships too. Um, in other words, sometimes we can perceive like we're being snubbed, amen, amen? Sometimes we can perceive like that what we're doing is not being received, but you wanna know when we do it is unto the Lord, then we need to not be preoccupied with what's going on with the other person. And how many know I have found this so many times, what I perceived was going on was just my perception, you know? How many know oftentimes we think it's all about us, you know? What's with their attitude? What's their attitude toward me? No, they're just having a bad day. It has nothing to do with me. I got, I got to get my eyes off that. Come on, can you say amen? So just, just like a really good reminder, because as we lean into creating a culture that inspires, one of the, one of the 
core things we got to grab a hold of is to bring heaven on earth and to bring what God wants, we need to be people that are not reactive, but that we're people that are proactive, where we say, I am going to sow what I want to see. I'm not going to wait for it to happen, and and I'm not going to screen what's happening and react whether or not things are happening the way I think they should. Come on, can you say amen? Instead, we are just, we're sowing, and we'll watch God work through that sowing, uh, and and we will be those that are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Uh, We are a people that value service. All right, the next one, we value growth. And we've, we already see that in some of what we've looked at already. Followers of Jesus grow. Second Peter 1 verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. So, Notice it's telling us, add this, add this, add this, add this. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus Christ. goes back to what we spoke about. Uh, we value scripture for life change, for, for application to life. And notice Colossians, right, going back to discipleship and growth, 128, he... Jesus is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. All right, last couple, and then we're going to move on here. We value connection. Now remember, church, as you're hearing this, I want you to be hearing from a perspective of, okay, I set the temperature. You know, I'm walking this out. I'm I'm taking steps here to do this myself. And I I really want you to hear from the perspective too, how can I work some of this into my household? How can I work some of these values so that, you know, maybe there's some in the room, some watching online, everything in your household is reactive. You know, when we live by values, then we are walking according to what's important, not what's happening. Right? What does the Bible say? We walk by faith not by sight. So living this way really walks in tandem with that. So this value, we value connection growing larger and smaller at the same time. So what, what, what we really want to get across on this one is, you know, so typically for Grace and Peace these last couple of months, first service, 8.30, second service, 10 o'clock, we have a service in Spanish in the afternoon. We'll typically have somewhere between four and 500 people on campus We'll have people that are watching online, uh, but that, that's, that's the attendance. And, and we just got done last week talking about our mission field, our immediate mission field in Ocean County is over 600,000 people that reside in Ocean County. We know that there's some of them that God wants to find their home here at Grace and Peace. And what we don't want to do is have as more people meet the Lord, as more people want to call Grace and Peace home, We don't want it to be that people just become a face in a crowd, right? So that's why we value connection because we need to grow smaller as God grows us larger. Amen? Amen? 
so with that, there's two primary means on, on how that'll happen. And uh, you'll notice again this week under next steps, this is left blank. Uh, this might be uh, an action spot where the Lord is, is, you know, calling you to take a step here. So the way we do that first is through our growth groups. You know, and we've changed up how we do our growth groups. It used to be you sign up for a growth group and you're in it until either Jesus comes back or you die. And just you're in it forever, you know, and it's kind of this ominous commitment kind of a thing. But now they're just simply 10 to 12 weeks, you know, three different times per year, different topics, different affinity groups, and just gives an opportunity to connect and meet people and, and get plugged in and, and have it all, you know, uh, growing in the Lord. The other way that we can get connected is just by serving in a ministry area. You know, maybe it's food pantry, maybe it's, uh, you know, here on a Sunday in, uh, you know, greeting or ushering, maybe it's joining uh, something like Trinity Ministry or uh, the Women in the Word Bible Study. Some of the smaller opportunities where we get to know some names and some faces a little better. You know, sometimes people will see the crowd and say, crowd bad, be small. You know, other people will see what the crowd can do together and they'll say, crowd small, big good, small bad, we should just be big. You know, in God's perspective, what God builds should always be growing, right? There's, this is the perspective, the mission field out there, the, the lost folks in our community is way, way bigger than the capacity of every church in our region. We could fill up every church and probably still need to plant a thousand churches to reach everybody. You know, sometimes I'll drive through and I'll say, gee, there's a church in every corner, it seems sometimes. But at the end of the day, how I many you know there are just so many people in Ocean County now, more than ever before, right? And, and just lots of building going on. But so for us as a church, if you are not connected, you know, if you're saying, I kind of feel a little bit like an outsider, I want to encourage you, consider jumping on and being a part of a ministry or getting in a growth group this next time around. And you'll find that you'll start to make some connections with others because we don't ever want it to be where somebody is just a face in the crowd. Amen. In Acts 5.42, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So that's the Old Testament picture. They met in the temple. It's kind of like the big corporate crowd. And then from house to house, those smaller meetings, that's kind of the principle from the word that we're working from there. All right, and the last value that we're looking at here, we value relevance. Uh, and we, we talked about this a little bit last week. The message never changes, but the methods must. And we know the message never changes because in Hebrews 13, 8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So in a confused world, with a confused church that's out there, with a lot of people changing doctrine and beliefs and taking the pressures of culture and moving away from what the Word of God clearly says, we know that in all that storm, we can have a solid anchor in God's Word because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and, and you know what? As, as things heat up, as the, 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 the roarings and the shakings of this world come our way, we will not be moved from Jesus is central and what does the Word say? we will not move off of that foundation because we know Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. However, when we look at how we do what we do, we need to be open to say, Lord, what connects with people? 
What's going to reach people around us? How do we maintain the purity and the uncompromised word, but present it in a way that is going to connect with culture? You know, that could be sometimes stuff that's style of music. There could be ministries and outreaches that we do that specifically reach a certain way and, 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 and things like that. Uh, there, there, there's just all different ways we could look at it. But, you know, Jesus in, in, uh, in Mark here, he's, he's railing on the, uh, the religious leaders because they were taking the traditions of the religious leaders and putting them on par with the word of God. And, and it says uh, in verse 13 of Mark 7, Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. So, you, you know, he's talking about, you know, putting principles on par with the word of God. But in the context of that, there, there's a takeaway, there's an application for us that we can in church take how we do what we do and try to put it on the same level as God's word and, and, and God's, God's principles that are timeless and don't change. Can you say amen? You know, we'll be in church and, you know, maybe it's during a revival season and we'll say, oh, that was so anointed. God touched me so powerfully. And then we'll turn around and say, back up the, the, the cement mixer. You know, let's take what we're doing and let's just pour this thing in concrete because it should never change because God has anointed this. And we miss that God did what God does in that season, at that time, with that dynamic, that way. But it's not necessarily the same way, the same culture, the same trappings as what it was back then. You, you know, I've used this in our membership class. I think I've mentioned this on a Sunday before. Perfect example, you know, when, when, when we would think of what is the most classic uh, church instrument, you know, we would think, well, it's the pipe organ. And, and I know folks who would say, if you want really anointed music, get me some hymns, get a pipe organ, and then you'll really see God move, you know? And, uh, and, and sometimes that context is as compared to all this modern, you know? I've heard some people say, you know, when you use a guitar, the anointing goes, like, like all this crazy stuff. And yet if, if we would go back and look at history, there was a time before the pipe organ, and when the pipe organ came in, it was scandalous to the church. And it was called the devil's bagpipes. Why? Because the, the generation before that were married to, this is how we do it. The message and the method are sacred. And God didn't say that. God said, don't let traditions of man get in the way. Let the word stay uncompromising. But in each culture, there have been times where we have done missionary movements and failed because we tried to take biblical principles and we added them in with Western principles and Western thinking going into places that don't have Western philosophy bases. And, and we did so much that we made hurdles for people to get to the gospel. Right? So with this value, we just want to make sure that we value relevance uh, and, and recognize that the message never changes. Amen? All right. Well, hey, listen, we're, we're running out of time here. On these last points, I'd like to invite the worship team to come back as we prepare to take communion. Before we do, I just want to fill in for you these pillars of culture for, for here at Grace and Peace. You know, and, and uh, you know, the, the foundation we're looking at is we create a culture that inspires. Hey, have you ever been uh, either to a restaurant 
or maybe, uh, maybe a theme park, maybe uh, been to some kind of an entertainment experience, or you ordered a product, and it was so above and beyond, it was so quality in what it did that it actually inspired you. Have you ever had that happen, right? You know, there's just something you're like, look at how they did that. That is so different, you know, than, than anything else I've experienced. We want to have being a part of this church family to be something where we say, I'm just inspired to be a part of this. So I want to just quickly give you six, I, I won't, you know, kind of preach these or teach these out. The first one, uh, there, I think there's six pillars for us here to have a culture that inspires. Number one is a, a culture of honor. And, and so what that means for us, and again, be ready for, uh, be ready for next steps if God is speaking on anything. So culture of honor is we are not sarcastic. It means we're not cynical. It means we don't make fun of. We don't speak derogatory. We don't gossip and backbite, right? We, we, we have a culture of honor first to the Lord and then toward each other. I heard somebody say, it's not sarcasm, it's scarcasm, right? So we, we, we want to be a place, if we have a culture where we honor the Lord and honor each other, that's going to be inspiring. Second one is servanthood. We talked a lot about that. You know, our, our kind of tagline for that is, we go to heroic lengths to serve people. And again, remember, we got to set the temperature for this. This is our ideal. Sometimes we fall short. Well, Brother Jim, last week, I didn't feel like anybody went to heroic lengths for much of anything. All right, we'll know that this is our ideal. Help us build it. Help us move forward. Third is excellence. And that's just simply we do the best we have with what we've got. And I just want you to think about this. You know, out in the wilderness, Jesus and, and the thousands of people and the disciples say, we got to feed them. You know, Jesus didn't turn around and say, well, call Chick-fil-A. You know, they deliver now. DoorDash it. You know, he didn't say, did you guys see that Arby's truck? They'll just back a bunch of sandwiches up and, uh, you know, and uh, not that I'm saying that's super quality food, but what I'm saying is, what did they have out in the wilderness? They didn't have DoorDash or, or catering service or anything like that. They had a kid's lunch and it was a couple of fish and some bread. And when we take whatever we have, the best we have, and we give it into the Lord's hands, the Lord does miracles with it, right? So we just want to have this picture of excellence where we can add and bring excellence. Next one is A-plus attitude, A-plus attitude. And again, I, I want to encourage you to think about this, bring this into your home, bring this into your friendship circle as well, you know, but A-plus attitude is making the decision that uh, we're going to create an environment where we handle things the right way. So A-plus attitude is, uh, hey, I I'm, I'm not going to approach something just critically. I'm going to approach to critique. You understand the difference? A critical spirit is very, very contagious. You know, we, uh, come on, we, we've had it where we're standing on line somewhere, you know. Ah, oh, it's so hot out. And what's the next thing? I know. Do you believe, you know, these people are making us? Where's the air conditioning in this place? I know. And you want to know what else? And, you know, there's something about a negative attitude that, that, that shares so much more quickly than a positive attitude. If you don't believe that, just answer a negative attitude with a positive. Nine times out of ten, they aren't going, you know what? You are so right. I'm just going to change my attitude. You know, usually they'll look for, wait, who wants to be crabby with me and step over and, and talk with them, right? You know? Another thing about A-plus attitude is we think solution. You know? All right, something's broken. How do we fix it? You know, we, we work from that perspective. A-plus attitude goes back to, I'm going to put a 10 on your forehead. 
You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna presume what might be going on behind the scenes. I'm gonna walk in love, which believes the best and hopes the best, right? Keeps no record of wrongs. You know, this whole A plus attitude side of things, I don't care what, what um, sense we're talking in, in a marriage, in a family, in a workplace, and at our church, man, that's gonna make the, the biggest difference in the world. All right, number five, we talked about growth. You can fill that in. Growth, a growing environment is a healthy environment. It's inspiring. And then the last one here, uh, accountability. Accountability. So, you, you know, that is the one that I find often people will champion. Yes, we need accountability until we're being held accountable. You know, I'm the biggest culprit on that. I'll talk to my wife and daughters on, hey, cleaning up the diet this week, just being accountable. And then it's like the three of them go up on the tower and they just watch, you know, and I think I'm in the kitchen by myself and I'm like, well, I'll just, you know, sneak this one. And it's like they repel from like, you know, the ceiling drop down, snatch it out of my hand. You know, I'll come in at night with the lights that they've got night vision goggles, you know, and they're just watching, you know, and sometimes I'm like, Argh! and I'm like, wait, this is accountability. This is what I asked for. You know, we're, 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 not, we're not normally uh, very enthusiastic to be held accountable, right? How's the uh, uh, watching our mouth going, you, right? You know, we ask to be held accountable and then it starts happening and we're going, oh, it hurts. But here's the thing, we will not grow the way God wants us to grow unless we submit to accountability, unless we invite it into our lives and have it be a part of our lives. It goes back to A plus attitude. Let me just share real quick, um, you know, uh, a plus attitude doesn't mean we ignore stuff that's busted or dysfunctional. I talked about this a little bit last week. You know, but I'll give you for instance, I, I won't mention, uh, I received, we had a meeting and I received an email from somebody uh, that, that listed for me, hey, I want to give you a whole bunch of concerns that I just saw. And this person I trust with all of my heart. And I know this person's attitude and integrity because we're walking out the same values. And so when I receive something like that from that place, church, it makes it so much easier for me to receive what's being said. Because I know I'm loved, I know I'm trusted. And, and it was even signed something along these lines, uh, sent in love and with an A plus attitude. And, and, and I want you to hear candor is so, so necessary in the body of Christ. We need to have candor, honesty with each other. But when we carry it with an attitude that is one of love, one of, uh, I'm pointing this out because I care, I'm pointing this out because you wanna be accountable, I'm pointing this out because we want this to be better, then it's so much, e we, we build uh, an environment of trust. Can you say amen? So just out of curiosity, when, when you have somebody that you speak critique into, is that the only time they see you is when you're critiquing? Because I'll tell you what's happening about the fifth time of that, they see you, they run. They're running from you, right? So, well, I'm just, just coming to be honest, you know, make sure that that honesty is also balanced out with, here's what you're doing right, here's what's working, you know, here's, I believe in you, this is why I'm saying, you know, just keeping it all built you know, so, hey, in our family relationships, this is an Our Church series, and I felt so much of what we're looking at here today would have such value for our homes, right, for our marriages. You know, are we speaking critique all the time, or is it being balanced, balanced with, hey, I got a great attitude, or hey, I got a solution, or hey, I got your back, whatever it is. Can you say amen? amen. Church, stand with me as we get ready to close. 
So last week and this week, we're looking at these foundations. I just want to remind you one more time that the only way this becomes a reality to where it's in the air is when we all together who call this place home make the decision that we're going to try to help make it happen. All imperfect, all going to, you know, not do it right. We're all growing, we're all moving forward, we'll all have good days, bad days, ugly days, whatever it is. But just together, if we are purposing to set the temperature in these areas, then, then God is going to continue to do something so beautiful through this church family. Can you say amen? And remember, we're talking, this is all in the context of we are a spirit-filled church where Jesus is Lord. Amen? So as we get ready to take communion, I, I asked worship team to come back and, uh, and, and lead out, you know, where we talk about come alive in the name of Jesus. These messages are, these foundation messages are, I believe, things the Lord is wanting to put in order so that he can do in us and through us beyond what we can ask or think. I believe that the, when we sang about this is a new season, that there are, uh, this is another time, another juncture with the Lord where he is releasing people into new callings, new authority, new mantles, new anointings. And so that's going to, again, remember all of this, our church, it's when we come together corporately, and then it says we go into the highways and byways, and then God works in us and through us. And so, so these foundations here are so that we, we, bring, we bring the atmosphere, the culture, the framework in this place to a point where God can pour people through the doors. Those of you that know me well know my heart isn't for us to have people here so that we can say we have people here. Come on, can you say amen? Those of you that know me and know this staff, we are not about let's just get bodies so we can say we have numbers and, and evangelistic with the numbers and things like that. It's that every person that grows and comes to this body here that was lost is now, in, is now with the Lord. And at the end of the day, that's why we're still here is so that people would, would meet the Lord. So it, it was interesting as we're talking about all of this, this message, I just, I just want us to say, Lord, yes and amen. I got it and I'm walking it out. Amen? amen. So Lord, we say yes to this. Holy Spirit, lead us and Holy Spirit, guide us in this. We just give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. And now just very simply, I, I, I just want to be obedient to what I believe God said, actually back during first service for second service, that if there's anybody in the room, I know some people did some declaring earlier during worship, but I, I felt like a couple of things the Lord was speaking to. So as we get ready to take communion, you know, the blood of Christ being shed for us is that all the consequences of sin are broken off of our life. That all the chains and the shackles of bondage are broken off of our life. 
And I, I believe the Lord is wanting to give us this morning just a fresh touch to where he's going to break off the effects of sin and bondage. And so I just want to, if there's anybody where you've been tormented, or where there's been things that have been uh, stubborn and long-lasting sin issues or patterns in your life, I believe the Lord is wanting to break those things off here today. And by the way, these things that we talked about, our church, it is the context of all of that going on because this is his house of miracles where people show up and they meet Jesus. Not religion, not religious people, but people who love him with all of their heart. And so I, I feel like he's saying that there's a grace here today. And, and you know, uh, um, if, if there's people with uh, long-term uh, sexual issues, that the Lord is saying there's freedom from that today. Uh, I, I heard uh, people with temper problems, that there is healing from bad temper today. Uh, anxiety, ongoing anxiety. I know we declared and we dealt with fear, ongoing fear issues, ongoing trouble with forgiveness and with offense. I feel like the Lord's saying that there is a grace to just wash that away. When we look at the blood that was shed, his divine power has given us everything we need for godliness. If there's any area, if, if you've been inconsistent and in this new season, you want to walk in a new consistency with him, I believe there's, there's a grace and an anointing to move us into that today. Now, I want to talk now for the breaking of his, his body on the cross with his body being broken. We've been made whole. And so if you need a miracle in your body, Receive that miracle today. If there's been mental illness, I, I feel like the Lord was saying that he's bigger than the stubborn stuff that's been there for a long, long time. He's bigger than that. And he's ready to break that today. So if you need touch in your body, touch in your mind, if there's a... Uh, uh, Stepping into a new mantle and a new calling, if that bore witness with your heart, healing from uh, bondages and long-term issues, if you're in any of those places, I want to invite you to come to the altar and, and, and the, the rest of us in the congregation are going to extend hands and we're going to believe God for a miracle and for a breakthrough today. So I invite you wherever you are now. So just let me go back and, and just, so if there's been stubborn sin stuff, if there is a sense of God is calling me higher, new mantle, new anointing, I want to step into it. If there's brokenness in your body, if there's, if there's brokenness, weariness in your mind, in your heart, Whatever it is in, in that, I understand it's like a, it's a big net that I'm, that I'm casting out, uh, you know, kind of throwing out here today. But the, the Lord is here to do miracles. This is a house of miracles. And so I know there's people that your heart is being stirred. Just want you to don't be afraid to step out and come up front. And, and I want to invite us to uh, receive too. 
we were even singing about a breakthrough. We, church, we are in pursuit of a breakthrough to the next level in him. And so part of holding steady for the breakthrough means that we have to be those that are willing to say, I will walk by faith and not by sight. And so I just want to encourage you here, whatever you have come forward for, if you're watching online, you can just say, God, I'm in on this. I'm, I'm grabbing this too. Whatever you're, you're grabbing for this morning, make a, de a determination. I'm receiving by faith. He has given it to us because of our covenant with him. And miracles are what he does. So I'm going to ask worship team to lead us out. And then I want you to prophetically, in faith, declare into your area whatever is needed as we're singing. Let this be what you receive. Then at the end there, we're going to seal this up and take communion together. But worship team, would you lead us out? Amen. This is a house of worship. This is a place of praise where every demon trembles, where we proclaim your name. This is a house of healing. Our hearts are full of
name of Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. So come alive in the name of Jesus, come alive in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. I still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working. All things for good. I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe you're working. All things for good. I still believe you're moving. God, I believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working. All things for good. Fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe you're working. All things for In the name of Jesus, come alive. In the name of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. Come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of Jesus, this is a house of miracles. I 
still believe you're moving. I still believe you're speaking. God, I believe you're working. All things for good. I fix my eyes on heaven. God, I receive your vision. God, I believe you're working. All things for So God, we make a declaration here today. Lord, we are standing in agreement that we have stepped over the line. Lord, just like the woman with the issue of blood who pressed in and that would not let go until she grabbed the hem of your garment. Lord, we're not settling for less than your power, your anointing, and your promises. We seek your face, and God, we believe you. God, we believe you for bringing the breakthrough. Come on, church. I want you to stir up your hearts. I want you to break up the ground, break up the fallow ground. Why don't you just pray in the spirit if you can pray in the spirit now lord god we are hungry and we are pursuing you god we're going on notice here today lord that this as your house is the place where your glory dwells and lord your anointing is and in you is no death and no sickness and no poverty and no bondage and so god we thank you god be mighty in this house be mighty in the lives of your people, God. We depend on you. We lean into you, and we look to you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we thank you that there, there have been these times where you've just shown us you're looking to, to break us through into that next place. And Lord, we're making that commitment here today that we are going after you and that we are not letting go until it's commonplace to see your glory poured out. Till it's commonplace that what happens in your people is what you said would happen in your people from faith to faith and from glory to glory. So Lord, pour out in this house. Pour out in this house, we ask. We give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you so much for it, God. And we receive, Lord, we receive. Lord, thank you that you do the hard things. Lord, we thank you that you do the difficult things. Lord, we thank you that you do the things that in the natural look like they're not going to be able to be figured out or, or happen. Lord, we thank you that that's, that's every day what you do. And so, God, we receive. We receive. We just receive. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. We don't want the form without the power. We thank you, Jesus. You are a risen, resurrected Savior. And you hold all power, all things in you and through you. You have the supremacy. So, Lord, we receive. Lord, we receive. I just want to put our, our prayer folks and our intercessors uh, on, uh, on watch. I really believe the Lord is saying, I'm taking you through to the next place. And I don't know how it is for you, but whenever I determine to do that, that's when the stuff happens. So God, I pray that you would protect the work that you're doing. 
Lord, even as we would stand and believe you for your breakthrough, for your anointing, for your miracle, for your wholeness. And God, for us just as a church family here together, that this would be a well where people could come and drink of salvation. That this would be a well where people could come and drink of your glory and your power and, and see that, Jesus, you are alive. Lord, that was, that was inspired by you. We are to be a sanctuary state. Lord, in this, in this state, in our nation, how, how the other states would look and marvel as you would be lifted up. So God, I pray, break off, break off of us everything that, it, that would be holding us back personally and corporately, God. Lord, break off weariness. Oh, God. Lord, break off weariness. Physical, spiritual, emotional. Father, break it off and heal and cleanse here today. Lord, truly revive your people. Revive us, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the callings and the giftings that you're pulling out for those that you're calling higher here today. Lord, we once again ask this morning that you would, Holy Spirit, take our ears and please unclog where they're clogged. Help us to hear you, Holy Spirit. Take the places in our hearts that are hard ground, that need to be softened, that need to be broken up. Break up those places that are hard-hearted. God, where we have been dim of sight, of seeing you, of seeing where you're trying to lead us and what you're trying to show us. Lord, let that be broken off of us. Pray, Lord, that you'd give us sharp, clear vision to see you. Take away confusion, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Pray, Lord, where the voice of the world the voice of the flesh, where the voice of this fallen world system has put its hooks in. Father, that you would unhook those things. Take those voices, take the effect of those voices for us and for our families, Lord God, that we would see with your perspective. your church in this day.
so that we would not only be able to withstand, but that we would prosper and thrive and be a light for you to the world all around us. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. Glory to you, God. We worship you. King Jesus, all majesty, all splendor, all honor is yours. You reign in our hearts. You reign in our lives, Jesus. receive. Lord, thank you in your word. Your divine power has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Lord, we speak life all around this altar, all around this sanctuary, everybody joining us. Your divine power has given us life. Thank you, God. Life in the spirit, man. Thank you, God, for life in the soul realm, our mind, our emotions, our intellect, God. Thank you. You've given us life. they are. Hallelujah. 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 Can you say amen, church? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Church, as we... Hallelujah. Amen. Church, let's get ready to take our communion. It's a sweet exhortation, amen. Lord, we'll keep running. Just want to, one more time as we get ready to take communion, just stir our hearts. And I encourage you to even take that verse. His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness. And so we speak to life and every mortal body that needs it. Where there is infirmity, we speak the wholeness and the life of God. As we were just praying and declaring to minds and hearts. And again, for godliness. Thank you, Lord. We don't perform, 
but we yield to your spirit and you bear fruit in our lives. So Lord, bear more fruit. Lord, everything we need for godliness. So Lord, we receive by faith all around this room, all around this altar, wherever, wherever we have a need, we receive. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood on the cross so that our sins are forgiven, so that every bondage and debt is paid. And we thank you for breaking your body so that we are made whole. It's by faith that we receive today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, as we uh, prepare to leave here today, we thank you for the special things that you have done. Lord, we are committed to walk out trusting you and believing you. We're going to make our testimony and our declaration that you have already given us all that we need for life and for godliness. Lord, it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and thank you. Amen. 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 Amen.